How is everybody doing? Welcome to Free Markets Green Earth, episode number 28. Have we been doing this that long, man? Apparently so. It's weird. Mm, it's like half a year, over half a year. Yeah, and there's like some gaps in there. There was. <laughs> how, how, how long have we known each other? God, man. I don't know. I'm not sure. That's just weird. I feel like there's a degree to which I feel like I've known you my whole life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, all those, we have a fair bit of uh, shared characteristics in our, our background. That's true. And we do have kind of like a, an online circle of friends that we share people. Yeah. So, yeah. There it is. <laughs> fun, fun, fun. Well, welcome, everyone. We have what is probably going to be the shortest episode of uh, Free Market Screen Earth ever because, you know, I, I had this genius idea. To force Ben to talk about something he made a joke about last episode, which was Christmas trees. And the thing that we came to realize as we're, you know, doing our quick little searches on the matter is that... Don't 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 sell it short, man. We're, we're doing hardcore research on this stuff, you know? You know, I've been doing hardcore research on bands for other podcasts. <laughs> uh, this one is just fun to talk about environmental stuff. <laughs> So in our research, uh, you know, which was go on Google and search environmental impact of Christmas trees, we got we got the answers. We have the docs, folks. So we're going to kind of get into it and let you know what we found out. So Honestly, th- this was like one of those things where, I don't know, man, I just never really thought about it. It's just never even like gone through my mind to get a fake tree. I've always had like a real tree, you know, whether it's uh, one we planted in the yard and, and watched grow for, you know, five years, eight years and cut it down. Or it's uh, you know from a tree farm or one that we found out in the woods. We've always I've always cut down my trees. So for me, we've always had both. Like I grew up in a house where every year, like we had a tree farm literally behind our house, mm-hmm. and so like we'd there's a driveway, like a long dirt road driveway. It takes about five minutes to walk up. That's literally on the other side of our our yard, and so we just walk up there and we'd buy a tree literally on the hill above our house. <laughs> So we always had like always had the real tree at our house. Now my grandparents, on the other hand, grandpa had no time for that nonsense. So he always had the the tall fake one because he had like I don't know like I want to say he had like twelve or thirteen foot ceilings in his house. It was an old oh, wow. place, right. and so he always put up the big tree in his uh, in his bar room, and that one was fake. So I, I I have fond memories and spaces with both. Ultimately, I think my life is just too fast-paced to go through the hassle of going out to buy a tree. I think, honestly, I may have actually thought about it this year just because I have more time, but it just always boiled down to I don't have time to go and get a tree, so it's just easier to have the one that works in the room and just be there. Yeah. Do you think that? You think that's how it is for, for most folks, that, that choose the artificial tree is just, just easier? Also, as a caveat, just to make sure, full disclosure to people, I also keep a Christmas tree up year-round, and that's impossible with a fake tree, or with a real tree. So, yeah, no. So, <laughs> that that also affects at least one of my three Christmas trees being a, a fake tree. One of them has to be. All right, now, we, we, uh, we actually got our tree up kind of early this year for us. It's up right now. Last couple of years, though, it's been like right before Christmas, like a week before Christmas, maybe, and then... That's interesting. It's always been the day after Thanksgiving holiday. Like, it's what you do the day after Thanksgiving in my family. Yeah, a lot of people, I think, like, have that sort of tradition. Uh, I don't. We don't. And uh, as yeah. soon as Christmas is done, it's it's up for, like, a couple of days, and then it's outside with it. And, uh, you know, it's uh, that's that's it. I don't know. It's 
So if you, if me and Liz just talked about this episode of Bob's Burgers on our year-round tree content that we keep in our Freedom Choir area for Sounds Like Liberty. And in the episode, it's hilarious because the whole episode is based around the fact that the the wife, what's her name, wants to put up the uh, the tree the day after Halloween. <laughs> and so then it dies. Of course. And so they get another one and, and then that one dies. But that's, that's the point. Right, they just die. Like what? You know, <laughs> it, it is the point. And so the, the whole the whole episode is about them going to cut down a tree on Christmas Eve, and like the impossibility of that. It's, it's uh, I, I don't know, man. But yeah, I, I, I there's a certain degree. Like I, it's always been a nice thing after you know Thanksgiving, the day after Black Friday, everyone else is out shopping. We're getting into the spirit, listening to Christmas music, and putting up the tree. See, I think that's always kind of what threw me. It's just the Christmas music. Like I can't. It bothers me. It bothers me as much as like staying in the police and and you two and oh uh, well. All that. It's just you know. Then perhaps don't listen to our Christmas special this year. Oh oh I don't. It's funny. I don't mind like the old like Christmas hymns and stuff like the the you know old old stuff like the you know silent night joy to the world all that old sort of stuff but like a lot of this this newer wait why did three dog night appear what? there i said why did three dog night appear in three there? dog night is that what you said uh, yeah joy to the world yeah. but see that's not all the boys and girls <laughs> now joy to the fishes in the deep blue sea and joy to you world. that's the, relatively speaking anyway that's that's new you know i mean like the, the old ones or i can go but that's also not Christmas music. I'm just picking on it's, it. It is, you know, but it's a variation of it, I suppose. I don't know. Three Dog Night. And did you say new, referring to something that came out in the 70s? I said real. I said real. I qualified it, I believe, you know. I don't even know if relatively classifies it as a, <laughs> It's literally twice as old as I am. Yeah. It's crazy, man. You, you look at, like, I think about those things, and I'm talking to my kids. I'm like, yeah, it wasn't that long ago. And then I look at the date. I'm like, holy crap, man. I'm getting old, and this is not, like, you know, this is 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Yeah. Now, Christmas music always kind of put me off. Well, no, dude, when you, when you start looking at how far behind you college is, that's what's really, oh, that one really affects I know. Me. It's almost, almost uh, the whole, you know, I spend as much time like before college as after college and that's kind of. Yeah. And it doesn't like in my memory, it doesn't feel like that long ago no. until you really start doing the math. Like, oh my God, no, the, how many years have passed? The, the, the young kids that are like 20 now, I'm looking at them like, yeah, that's like a, you know, 15, 16 year old kid. Like, okay. And they're like, no, that's 20, 23. Man, that's. Well, more than that, like I don't feel like that removed mentally from that's them. What, that's what's scary. I wonder if other adults feel like that, or if this is like part of our our generation and and Facebook culture and all of it just kind of retards your adult growth. But uh, good question. So back to Christmas, man. I I was gonna say people are probably wondering why we're <laughs> why we're vamping so much. They'll, they'll understand when we get there. I like Christmas. I, I do. I like Christmas. I like the idea of Christmas. I, I it. I enjoy it. I don't enjoy like all the hype around it. And I think that was part of what like always put me off from the trees and all the decorating and all that stuff. It just, it got, it was too much. It's too much. I'm like a low key guy, you know, and, and it was just was, uh, too much for me, but we always had a real tree and that was that. Yeah. You know? Well, you kind of have to have some hype about a real tree. Otherwise you're not going, I guess growing up where we grew up, <laughs> you weren't wading out into the two and a half feet of snow to chop down a tree, uh, drag it back to your car, tie it up, take it back home. The worst is once you get out there, once you find the tree, <laughs> you know, like you got to dig down into that snow to get down to that stump that you can cut it out, you know, and like your hands are freezing, the saw is cold, because of course that's metal, you know. Down here in the south, it's a little different. Uh, we don't have the same same trees. I mean, I don't know about what saw you were using. It sounded like you were using something that wasn't. It's just a bow saw. No, it was a bow saw. We'd always go out with a bow saw. I'll be honest, you never did it without a, a chainsaw. But yeah, 
<laughs> Obviously, me and Ben have slightly different positions on Christmas. <laughs> but so we're, we're, we're doing the research, and I, I was kind of curious about it as we got into it. You know, what is the, the difference between a real tree and a fake tree, you know, environmentally speaking? And <laughs> drum roll, please. <laughs> drum roll. Yeah, the the answer is honestly not much, which is what I figured. <laughs> the thing is, it's it's like there's just so many variables that like go into it that it it's impossible to tell. You know, like if you're gonna have an artificial tree for a year, you know, it's it's the way out. The the it doesn't balance out, right? I think I was reading like anywhere from seven to ten years. If you keep it from seven to ten years, then it kind of is like you know, it's it's an even thing. Um, you know, it's and I don't know. I don't know how long people keep art, artificial trees for. And it, you think about it, like when you put a, when you put up an artificial tree and you put ornaments on it, do you, do you put up like the tinsel and all that crap? Um, it have in the past. Does that, does that come down or does that stay up with the tree? All of our ornaments are packaged explicitly for each tree. Mm-hmm. And like reused every yeah. year. Tinsel, when we used it, would have been the one notable exception. Um, since I have cats now, <laughs> I, I haven't used tinsel because I got sick of pulling it out of their ass. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. I imagine the tinsel is probably more destructive than any fake tree. Has That's what done. I would think. That the, the the tinsel um, and. Again, I have had to pull it out of the digestive system of a cat. Yeah, you know, and, and it's the same. I think it's the same with like an artificial tree, though. It's it's made out of plastic. You know, all those little green fake needles are made out of plastic. They end up in a landfill. You know, eventually that metal that's holding them on is going to rust and break down. Plastic's still in existence, and it's going to carry on wherever it carries on to, whether that's uh, you know stays in the ground or finds its way to the Pacific or up a turtle's nose or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Well. But the the, the, you know, the the thing to me is, the, I was more concerned with actually, is what is the effect of chopping down a real tree? And to me, the first thing I have to say is, first off, these things are farmed. It's right. not like you're necessarily chopping down a forest. You're going to a place that specifically grows them to a height. And they if you've ever been to, never been to a tree farm, they literally go, like you, you can see each row. Yeah. They op- only open certain rows per year because the trees need to be able to reach a certain yeah. height to be worth cutting down. And so, basically, each, like, you'll have, like, maybe 10, 15 rows at a place, and they'll get progressively taller. And then, you know, or whatever, so you can see, okay, we chop this year, and then we move to the right the next year, chop this year, move to the right the next year. The idea is you're always technically chopping down new growth trees. Yeah. So, they never get to a point where they are an ecosystem. No, it's it's a definitely a, a farmed product. Um, it's not, you know, like you're going out into the, the taiga to cut down this... Uh, this Christmas tree for yourself, you know, you're not tramping on anything. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a farm, um, you know, and we, uh, there's a Christmas tree farm right around us and they, some of the trees would get too big. And I don't know, once every five, 10 years, maybe he would, uh, he'd, he'd call the, the lumber company up or whatever and, and you know, sell the big trees as, as pulp would, you know, and so was every, everything was being used. None of these trees were, you know, going to waste or whatever. They were, they're all being used for something. I don't know. I mean, they're still still doing what trees do. They're still making oxygen. They're still, you know, filtering water. Well, the other thing is, is that you're the more you do that, the more you keep people out of natural areas. Yeah. Because in a tree farm situation, you've literally created an unnatural farmed space. And so the the way in which you interact with that is inherently going to be different. The fact of the matter is it's not going to develop a, a natural ecosystem like, say, a forest would. So the more that we can utilize, like, farmed trees, that you, like you said, have all of the same benefits to the 
the air and, and the water, yeah. the less we can affect things that actually have effect on much larger systems. Yeah. And even, you know, I mean, think about that. You go out, go out in the woods and find a tree. It's, it's hard to find a good looking tree out in the woods. I mean, they don't grow the same way. They're not trimmed and pruned every year and they're tall and scraggly. You know, they they don't have the, the ropes to keep them bolt upright all the time. Yeah. yeah. yeah so it's, uh, I don't know. They're all inherently too fat. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I prefer a real tree, I think. I don't know. There's just something about it. It smells good. It, I, I feel like it's, I know they say it depends, but I feel like they're probably going to be better off for the environment. Um, yeah, and part of it, I guess, one of the things that they were saying is it depends on how you dispose it. And for us, you know, I was growing up in the country and, and out where I am now, you know, it would just go outside. You just, you know, hang it from a tree and let the birds live in it or, you know, break it down and, and throw it in the garden and, and let it break down there or whatever, you know, it just, it, it went back into, it wasn't like you're tossing it into a, a landfill or, or um, sending it off somewhere. But I mean, with a real tree, even if you do that, it's still just going to become dirt, the same as everything else. So it is, it is, but I, and this should be, we could look into this sometime, but landfills are, are, Landfills are nuts because they're in this, you know, this encapsulated clay thing. I guess, what do you mean when you're saying landfill? Because when I I hear landfill, I think of something far less formal. I think of like when they're rebuilding a new trailer out in the woods and some dude wants landfill. And so you just go dump it off the hill that he's trying to make into a flat piece of land. Yeah. Well, that's okay. That's (laughs) uh, way different. Um, I think like landfill, like your technical, like your, your dump. Your, um, okay, yeah, you're thinking uh, like a trash dump. Yeah, like a, I don't know, transfer station kind of thing. Um, That's what we call a dump where I come from. I always call it a dump, too. I was trying to be, like, you know, professional. Well, most, because most, uh, like, like, landfill specifically, like, I- I- most of them where I'm at, you'll see something specifically saying clean fill only. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's, I've actually had, when we used to go scrapping, we'd actually go clean up when there were assholes that would dump not clean shit and clean it up off the land. Yeah. Because, you know, you know, you just want dirt. That's ultimately what you want. You want something that's going to eventually be soil. So I think, like, the most dirty thing that you'd find in a lot of those places would be, like, concrete. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Which, over time, becomes <laughs> it becomes rocks and sandstone, right? Yeah. Eventually. Eventually it breaks down. Rocks and lime. It does. Yeah, the, um, the, the transfer station where I grew up, when I was a kid, they didn't, didn't have it. And everybody just kind of threw their their trees and their shrubs and all their, their landscaping materials in like this corner. And now they have this just massive um, chipper and it's got this, this hopper. It's, I don't know, 30 feet across. And I mean, I saw them one time putting logs up in that thing, man, there's, you know, two foot in diameter and they just chuck them up in there. And it's, mm-hmm. so, you know, all this stuff that, that goes, um, you know, you put your Christmas tree in there and there's a pretty good chance it'll end up you know, as wood chips for, for somebody somewhere down the line. I was going to say, it's going to end up as mulch for the local park. Yeah. yeah. Unless you grow up and then and you're in like, you know, some big urban area and then it's got to get transported in and transported out. And, you know. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, they we, they actually pick up Christmas trees where I'm at. Yeah. Like, they drive, like, they can't, there's like a special, specific day that they do the collection. Mm-hmm. I think it's like the beginning of January. But how far do they go? I mean, you're... You, it's not like it's got to go 40 miles away, right? Well, no, that, that's my point. Like, they, I think, I'm pretty sure they drive by with a wood chipper behind the, the garbage truck. Okay. And then they just toss them in there. It chips them and they throw them, in, you know, into a, uh, what do you call it, just a, a trailer, mm-hmm. which I then believe they take that trailer to, like, the local parks and just 
shovel it off onto like the local tree parks trees. Mm-hmm. Nice. Nice. Put more of that. So, I mean, it, as far as things to be done with it, like it, it's all very local. I, I, I live in a, a fairly nice neighborhood. Like, well, I live in like a crappy street of the nice neighborhood. Don't you live in Ohio though? I mean, isn't that like kind of an oxymoron or. <laughs> okay. Well, I live in the neighborhood with, I live in the neighborhood with the cops and firemen. So lots of services. We'll just say, yeah. that. you know, they like to take care of their own. Of course. Of course. I hope they, they don't know your, your, uh, underlying thoughts i hope they don't either you know my old roommate uh got the cops in my house a couple times that's why he's no longer my roommate oh boy i'm like yeah, I, I can't have them here given what i do yeah no, no, no. yeah so uh, i don't know man see so, yeah, i'm stick with my real trees i think in the long run it's probably gonna be better you know you don't have to you think about that i know they say it doesn't matter but i just don't buy it well but here's here well here's also the thing first off are they making the trees out of recycled material? Are they making, like, how, how are the trees? They come from China. Well, some of them do. Not all of them. Oh, yeah. And if you want to pay $400 for a custom tree, <laughs> <laughs> there's been a couple I've thought about. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, that's the thing. Like, the ways in which the trees are made. Like, have you, have you like, looked at, at, looked at a fake tree in a long time? Not beyond a store window. Okay, well... First things first, they they've actually changed a lot in how they're made. Yeah. Like the amount of metal in them is drastically lower. First off, um, and the way that they actually make the the way that they actually do the like little plastic things on them is also way different. <laughs> there are some out there that basically like it's just like a, a real tree, like tree, and then it's like a hard molded plastic almost. Okay, like it's, you can get them where it's basically like just a replica. Of a, of a fur, but with like plastic needles instead of real needles. It's yeah, that's, that's what I'm fucking saying. Indistinguishable. Like, but they also don't break off like the old cheap ones used to. Like, yeah. I, that's what's like. I have a tree up year round. I hardly ever see le- the things coming off, the needles coming off. Of it. Well, but, and, and that's uh, and it wasn't an expensive tree. I'll tell you that. Much. Uh, I get it. I get it. But I I just think about all those little strips of PVC. You know, and it's, I I don't know. I can't imagine that's good for anything. I'm not saying it's good for the environment. Christmas trees. But ultimately, how much pollution are you making to go and get one every year? Versus, you know, I, I think ultimately, like, I don't ever have to go anywhere. I just keep it in my house and then it's just there. Fair enough. There's no, there's no wasting fossil fuels for that. Yeah. You know, theoretically, it's, I, I believe at some point we're going to find a way to recycle plastics and then it's going to be a non-issue. Yeah. Yeah. I think when, when that happens, it'll, I mean, just the changes we will see across the board will be amazing. Yeah. And I think it's in, in an effort to really make this a Christmassy kind of episode. I want to, I want to think about that. Like, I want people to focus on the hope. Um, that's the one thing that the Greta Thunbergs of the world and the people, more importantly, the people that have wound that girl up the way they have, is they want everyone to lose hope. And if there's anything more detrimental to human life than losing hope and like a vision for a better future, I can't fucking think of what it is. Yeah. Like she's she's right. Someone did steal something from that girl. They did steal her hope. But I'm telling you right now. Yeah, it, it wasn't. It wasn't the the government. Well, it is the government that did it. Just not, you know, <laughs> not, not, not in the manner she thinks. Yes, exactly. They they took away her hope and a belief in a better future, and that's I can't think of anything more detrimental because that's a good way to f- force humanity to stop growing and stop creating and stop innovating. Yeah, and that's I know you threw me for a loop with your uh, sappy sappy soccer message there, man. I don't know. 
keep hope alive, right? Well, it's it's frustrating to me, man, because like yeah, everything's doom and gloom. I, I remember in college, like learning about all this stuff and and you know how horrible everything is and how how just the, the outlook is is awful and the world is coming and it's just it, it is it's it's it'll leave you in a funk if you can't like think your way out of it. But the but the thing is is you know how they do that to you. They 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 pull you out of history. They don't let you focus on the fact that it's not that bad. Yeah. And historically, everything has only gotten better. Right. Like I don't know if you've read Steven Pinker's book. Um, nope. he's written two of them, and essentially they're both on how amazing the world is and how much better it is than it's ever been, and yet we think it's terrible. Yeah. Well, like the advancements that have been made scientifically and with, like, with human life, like life expectancies and all that shit, growing yeah. constantly, the number of people constantly shrinking that are in poverty. The world is. 100% objectively a better place for people <laughs> like in every possible metric yeah it def- definitely is but they don't want you to focus on that they want you to think that we're the last people and that all the innovation that has ever happened has already happened the fact of the matter is is as long as we've been here it's only accelerated it's only gotten more and more so it, 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 you have to be completely ahistorical to not realize that the solutions to our problems are out there we just have to be incentivized to fix them. Yep. And they've gone out of their way to de- disincentivize fixing the problems. Yeah. Yeah. It's not that scary. It's not that bad. Oh, I want everyone to go out. Go out and find hope. Spread hope. Because I want this show, if nothing else, to be hope. Is I know that we, we're kind of uh, curmudgeonly <laughs> a lot of the time. But, but at the end of the day, like, to me, I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't have hope that, like, Spreading this message could make actual change in the world and put the put the resources where they need to actually be. Yeah, that's why we're that's why we're here spreading message of love and hope and now for real though. So I will go and I'm gonna put in the show notes a, a bunch of articles that basically all say the exact same thing, <laughs> which is yeah, there's not really a difference, bro. Like we 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 did the numbers a bunch of ways and it just kind of works out. It's kind of you know pick pick the tree you like and. If, if you're going to do it, you're going to do it. It's going to be what it's going to be. <laughs> yep. um, I mean, probably it's probably, you know, better to not do it at all. But at a certain point, yeah, it's better for the environment that we don't exist. But I'm yeah. not looking at that as a, a real option. What, what level does that end at? Well, for some people, <laughs> it ends with us all being, you know, wiped out. Yeah. <sighs> you know, as funny as like, it is to think about that eat the babies video. <laughs> There are actually people out there that what they're what they are proposing isn't much different than that, sadly. Yeah, no, I know. I did wonder what baby tastes like, though. I don't know. So, I mean, I, <laughs> I didn't actually wonder what baby know. tastes Just, like. Uh, I mean, being sounds gross. Uh, yeah, to me, like carp, no. bottom feeder shit. I, I don't think it would be very tasty. I mean, I don't th- is that like how it goes? Though carnivores don't usually taste very good. Or is that much stuff? Redneck myth. I'm going to be honest. I'm not entirely sure on that. I guess people eat bear, but uh, I don't know. Most of the game animals you think about are, are, you know, vegetarian. But I suppose that has to do more with populations and what can be sustained. I don't know. Well, it probably also has something. It probably also has something to do with the fact that um, your uh, like meat eaters or something chemically that goes on like in your brains. Yeah. Like they. I, I'm talking way out of fucking line on this. But if I remember correctly, like all all meat eaters are more advanced. Yeah, higher levels of protein allow your brain to grow more, and yeah, like that. So 
if if we want to do what's best for humanity, we all become carnivores and start taking mushrooms. That is that is what. Uh, <laughs> Have you ever watched that episode of the Joe Rogan Experience where he has that dude on? No. Well, basically, his premise is that like something happened. Like the reason we're not monkeys anymore is because they started eating mushrooms. Okay. And like, <laughs> not eating mushrooms like caused our brains to just expand and explode. Interesting. I I never heard that before. I like to believe that that's the truth, even if it's not. Yeah. I want I want a world where psychedelic drugs are the answer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, dude, and you look at all the breakthroughs scientifically that come out involving them, it's kind of difficult not to think of them as something imperative and part of things. No, there's a fair bit. I mean, from from an, you know, I get into the anthropological stuff and it's like, you see uh, the ways that human beings kind of react to certain things, like we'll just say God and country. And there clearly is something structurally in our brains that requires some type of religious impulse. And you'll find it wherever your brain, your body can find it. And so it seems unlikely that things that cause those types of uh, emotional reactions would be something that wouldn't, you know, yeah. have been native in us. I don't know. Ben's like, I don't want to muse about drugs again, Nick. <laughs> you always put me in this place where you want to talk about drugs. I don't, I don't know. I'm sure there are. We were talking about Christmas and somehow you made it about drugs. Well, I mean, we could get into the Christmas story of, uh, you know, Fly Ergerg. Wait, there's a Christmas story about drugs? I'm all about this. Mushrooms. Save it for another. We'll save it for next week. Come back, <laughs> okay. come back next week or talk about magic mushrooms and old Santa Claus. and. Oh, I'm all about this episode. Reindeer. Reindeer piss. and yeah. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not even joking. <laughs> I, I hope the guy did not, because I, I would love to make a Christmas season of this, <laughs> this year. So, all right, folks. Well, welcome once again to the end of the show. <laughs> Go check out freemarketsgreenearth.com. Check out the website. I've been uh, I've been revamping the entire nickpacone.com structure. It looks good. Looks good. Would, uh, this includes... Um, there, if, if you, if you're interested in learning more and you want to like find out from people that are way smarter than Ben and I, um, I do have, <laughs> even before you see like on the, on the main page, before you see any of our episodes, there is actually a whole bunch of resources from, um, all kinds of organizations. Uh, Perk is on there, uh, the Heartland Institute, Cato, Reason, um, and it all leads you to specifically, um, place like if it's like reason or cato or mises institute it takes you directly to their section on environmental issues and if it's you know perk or heartland that's kind of what they talk about in general so um also i did i'm not sure if i've mentioned this i do actually have to the uh ipcc webpage which are the people that the un and stuff uses it goes i have a link to their page so you can actually see the documents that they're always touting about in their favor and misreading Fun. It is fun. I'm. It, it, I'm, it took a while to get all that stuff together. Yes. So yes. I'm excited to have it there. So go make my make all my time I spent on this worthwhile. <laughs> Tell your friends. Do the like and share thing because yeah. I, I want more growth. I really want this to to build steam. I don't even care if you have Republican friends and they're like not anarchists like me. Send them our way. I'm sure we we can give them if nothing else talking points to argue with people. Uh, I should also mention that I finally actually have been digging my heels in to write the "Your Friends Are Wrong About the Environment" book, and I'm kind of digging in on that. I'm not going to say it's going to be the longest book ever because I'm not a writer, but if nothing else, it should give you some like I said talking points to go and Ben Shapiro some uh, college leftists. <laughs> uh, anything else, Ben? No, I think that's that's all for today. Uh, enjoy yourselves.
Have hope. Yeah. <laughs> Merry Hope Mess. Let's change it to that. Merry Hope Mess, everybody. Peace. Later.